0: Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Bobby Regan of Barstool Sports, friend of the show, always comes on and always great to talk a little basketball with us no matter what time of year it is. And Bobby, as always, man, appreciate you joining us. How are you doing this afternoon?
1: Good, man. How are you?
0: Well, we're doing great. We're excited about all the football going on, but basketball season being upon us is pretty exciting as well. So just uh, asking you during the time, which I know you love sports in general, but you are the basketball guy. When basketball is not in full season, what what do you do? Is it something you just pay attention to all the off season stuff going on with basketball, or do you turn your attention to some other sports?
1: I mean, it's a little bit of everything, right? Like, yeah, basketball is my first love, so I try to unplug from basketball, but the way things are these days, it's almost impossible. But like, I'm a diehard Orioles fan. My son's named after them, so baseball for. The sixth time in my 36 years of life got me until October, um, and then playoff baseball is just the worst. And, uh, obviously, like, I'm a diehard Giants fan, so I quit on, on the NFL already because what's the point when Daniel Jones is your quarterback? This is just what we get for taking a guy from Duke. Like, the lesson <laughs> is always is avoid people from Duke.
2: <laughs> so going more into that than NBA team, do you have one, or you just follow I'm the a Knicks fan.
1: I'm New York everything. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, there my, it is. My, my old man told me, when we moved from Jersey when I was young, my old man told me, don't be a Mets fan like him. I had no choices with the Giants and Knicks. Those were, I mean, we, my grandfather buried in the Giants casket. That was kind of a, uh, not, you're not allowed to be anything besides a Giants fan in my family. But I grew up to the City of Orioles, and it was the 90s. So it's like I wanted sideburns like Brady Anderson.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny because you don't hear uh, a lot of Orioles fans around here in the state of Arkansas, but they had a nice little run there. I mean, you mentioned it being the sixth time in uh, your lifespan, but the future sixth looks bright. Yeah, yeah, six. It looks it looks bright for your future. I don't want to
1: hear about the future, like watching the <laughs> Thunder. Like it's this, I, I almost wrote a blog about it, and I just couldn't come up with it. Talking about the future in sports, I know like there is a bright future, right? And it's something that fans can kind of point to. There ain't no guarantees in sports. I mean, the Thunder were supposed to be the dynasty. They made the finals once. And then you lose Durant, Harden, and Westbrook, and Ibaka. So it's like things like that are always just burned into my head where it's like no, 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 we've heard, how many times have we heard, like, this team's primed for the future. They're the next team up. That never happens.
2: Well, let's look at the Eastern Conference in the NBA where the Knicks are. The Celtics are the team that's expected to win that division. Uh, Sixers have been good in, in years past but Celtics uh, they're expected to be one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference so what do you think of that division Eastern Conference as a whole when you look at the Milwaukee Bucks who just acquired Dam Lillard and they have high expectations
1: yeah I think the East is kind of weird right because everyone you know everyone agrees it's the Bucks and Celtics going into the years to talk to like I, I don't think anyone's been arguing that fast. But then like that next group of teams, I mean the Heat just made a run as an eight seed, you know, and I know they lose trust and Vince, but like so Jimmy Butler and Bam, like you know, that's not a that's not a bad trio to build around. Um, it's like, you know, the Heat, the Knicks, the Cavs. There's like this just group of teams where it's like someone's would someone's gonna it's not gonna be the Bucks and Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. It never turns out that way where you sit there and go. These are the two best teams. Everyone agrees these are the two best teams. They're going to play for the right to, to, to play in the, in the in the finals. One of those teams are going to beat someone, and I think it's more on the Celtics. Just because, I mean, their only bigs are Kristaps and Al Horford. Do you trust those two to one be healthy or somehow get younger when when you know May rolls around? Because I I really don't and. Maybe it's just me hating Christoph Osborne's Angus as a Knicks fan. I refuse to believe he can be pivotal when the moment's bright. Like, that dude shrinks in the moment.
0: Well, I also want to talk to you about uh, some of the stuff with college basketball. I know you had some thoughts on it. And I was yeah. laughing so hard yesterday when the news broke, which was so under the radar about Kansas. And after all that uh, FBI and the investigation from the NCAA and all these level one violations, and now it just mounted. And. It was just crazy, and it was just insane how much was going on, and then nothing. Once again, nothing. No crazy punishments, no awful things, and we're talking about the same deal with the NCAA, you know, basically gave a postseason banned Oklahoma State for a year because of that deal. Like, I shouldn't be surprised, but it's still ridiculous that out of all that nonsense and pomp and circumstance, nothing happened.
1: I mean – what a waste of time, right? They're, that's the eyes up there they're saying, We you have your playbook?" And it's like, okay, like, do you have the playbook for the last hundred years of college basketball? Because guess what, something along these lines has been going on. And then, not like I forget who said it, but at least today, the entire world can stop pretending to care about college kids getting paid. Now that the penalties are handed out, and it's hilarious that they're making take down a Final Four banner as if we didn't see the game happen. Like, oh, yeah, like, it's the dumbest thing that college sports does is take down a banner and vacate wins. It's like, no, those, those games happened. And, like, no offense, but, but Reggie Bush is a good example. Everyone's always like, well, you know, Reg, you know, Reggie Bush got paid. It's like, okay, but he still had to go out and four. And it's like, USC was also loaded. They could probably oh, won a one without Reggie Bush because you get Lendale White there. But it's like, it, what happens off the court has no impact on him. Right? like how many times do we hear people sit there and be like, "Well, you know, this team bought recruits," and it's like, okay, how many times do they win the title? It's really just UCLA when when John Wooden was the dirtiest coach in America, and it's just like I I don't care, and it I'm glad like part of me is glad that these schools outside of Oklahoma State didn't get hit with ridiculous penalties because it's just so dumb when you think about what. And here's the other thing, like the whole thing was coaches getting arrested, which is the dumbest thing in this all, for pushing players to sign with people after they leave college. It wasn't a pay for play. Like Sylvia D'Souza was ineligible because of that, but he also got $200. a Like if you think Sylvia D'Souza is the only person in the world who got $200 to play college basketball you're, you're seen. Like you're, you, 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 should not be allowed to walk this earth if you think that's true.
2: Bobby, you talk about it being a waste of time. What, why, why did it take so long for them to come to this c- conclusion where well, they don't do much there?
1: Could be, uh, the NCAA, I mean, that's a, how much time you got for that one. Cause <laughs> you go with the NCAA, then you have the IARP, you have all the appeals, which Kansas play it right. You appeal everything. And, and, they get hit with a banner coming down. You appeal everything. You you never, and, and actually, North Carolina played the most right when they had their fake classes going on and just kept appealing, and then nothing ever happened about it. All, that's all you're going to do, just appeal everything because NCAA gets lost in everything. And then you had the IRAP, which was supposed to be this independent organization. And, you know, it, it's, just, it's just a mess, and there's no rhyme or reason. And I'm glad Oklahoma State came out. Kind of in support of Kansas, but also putting the middle finger up to the NCAA. Like, hey, remember how you gave us a one-year ban? Uh, yeah. How about everyone else here? Because this is ridiculous.
0: Yeah, because I was thinking about them. Wasn't it also SMU and Larry Brown was there that they got a year suspension or a postseason ban? Yeah,
1: yeah. They got hit with something. The whole the postseason ban, like Arizona gave themselves the ban where they stunk one year. <laughs> the whole thing's just it's crazy. It's like we now live in a world where Utah can give their entire team brand new trucks. And I know the lease and a few, whatever, but they got brand new trucks and that's Utah. Right. So it's like, and we joke about it. We laugh about it because it's, it's just like, who cares? Who cares if these kids are able to get money? Like, I don't want to hear, Oh, there's a, there's going to be a gap from the elite to the non elite. There's always been a gap. Like, what do you want here? And if anything, it's, it's balancing it out. Like, Look at last year's tournament. It may have every single year. You can't. You can sit there and try to stack your roster with top recruits, top transfers. You're still talking about a season that ends in a one game event where you win in advance, or you lose and you go home. And all it takes is one bad shooting back. How many times does the best team win the NCAA tournament? It ain't that often. Yeah,
0: because we've talked about the college football landscape and just how much of an impact it has with with NIL, and it's impacted everybody, but. Just from what you've seen in college basketball with NIL and it being there, ha- has it impacted it the way you thought it would or has it changed it as much as you thought it would or is it kind of just the same where the still the big schools are getting the big time players and it still seems to be the same group that's having the most success?
1: Yeah, John, I'm going to give you a little secret here. Uh the best recruits are still going to Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, and North Carolina. Okay. Like that hasn't changed anything. So it's been the exact same outside of you know, the bigger thing has been transfer portal, which, yes, you can you can kind of recall in there, and then conference realignment. Like the fact that a, a, a school like SAU can make a run and now they're in the American, which is a little step up from where they were. It, the NIL thing, it's like, it's better. It's better for the sport. Think about how many guys have stayed in school as like a fringe second-round pick where they would go a lot of the time beforehand and be like, all right, I'm just going to go overseas and make my money because I can make six figures and hope that... One year in Europe translates into a, a an NBA deal or, or the G League will translate into an NBA deal where they sit there and go, wait a minute, I can make the same amount of money, get to be a god on campus, get to play college basketball, which still matters. Oh, and maybe I can, like, bump my stock up to be a early second round pick or a late first round pick and get that guaranteed money or whatever. Or I just get to play college basketball and get paid, like, I, there's no downside in NIL and, and kids being able to capitalize off of this. It's it's better for the sport. Everyone complains about one and done. You, you, there are more people staying in college basketball. I mean, Armando Baycott's still in college basketball, but that has happened beforehand. I I, I I tend to think it's probably more likely he's gone by now.
2: You have your top five rankings for college basketball ready to go.
1: I'll be honest, man. I have no idea what they expect this year. I do think Kansas is one. I think you can make a case for Marquette too. I, I don't think that's crazy by by any means. I, I don't know. After that, it's like, do you put Purdue there? Like, do you trust Purdue after what you saw? Do you keep? I, I don't know. Like, it, it's. It's so up in the air, and, and and I think it's great. Like, you know, do you put Duke there? Do you think they're going to be healthy all year? I know they're stacked with talent. Do you put Miami there? So, it's like, it, 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 to me, it's like uh, Kansas is for sure number one, and then it's just like, so what would start to the next 18 teams, which should be a good season if, if I'm sitting here. And usually it's like, okay, the top five is going to be uh, Kansas. You got Duke. You got Kentucky. You got probably Villanova and, I don't know, Arizona. Where it's like, I I really don't know what to expect this year.
2: Give a little more insight on Marquette, then, because they are projected to be a top five team. But what is it about Marquette that makes them so good?
1: So they return everybody, right? Like, and, and they, they I think they return like ninety six percent of their production. Uh, Big East Player of the Year Tyler Colick, Tyler Colick is back. They were two they, they were really good. They won the Big East regular season and the Big East tournament. They were two seasons. And I know everyone kind of wants to overlook them because they didn't make a run the previous year, and, and people rely on the tournament for. Oh, we we'll you do that, and I think people are hesitant with Shaka team that they'll just never win in March because he he didn't go to Texas and obviously isn't done it yet at Marquette, where they're easy to forget, right? Like, I mean, heck, half the people probably don't even know Marquette's in Wisconsin. You probably. <laughs> Like, they're like, oh, like that. I don't know. They're in the Big East somewhere. They're probably in the Northeast. Like, oh, like they share a state with Wisconsin. But it's like, I don't know. It's, they're easy to forget about. And, you know, the Big East, you, know, you have UConn, you have Nova, you have these national title teams that you, you kind of overlook the Marquettes of the world. They're just really good. They're just really good. That's the only way I can they They're, they're kind of like the quintessential college team where, like, yeah, they might have a couple guys go pro. They had this core that's now going to be together for a couple years. And they they were good. Like, I try not to put as much stock into what happened in the tournament as, I guess, like the AP poll or, or people like that. But I I think if they made a one to the Elite Eight, everyone would just no-brainer put them top top three.
2: You mentioned Texas also. Uh, and Max Acemus you know, who yeah. knew that he was still in school, Seriously. but he actually is playing for Texas now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's awesome that, you know, I know – like, I, I do love the mid-majors, but I think it's awesome that a guy like Max Asimus can go to a school like Texas and be on national TV all the time. And and everyone knows his name, right? We, we remember him from the Oral Roberts from We remember him for being this elite scorer. Well, now he get to do it in the best conference in America and gets to do it on a team that's going to be, again, probably a top five team in the country. And it's, it, I, I love that he's at Texas, at least for, you know, for even if it's for one year, we, we get to see him on the big stage, and, and that's why I think the transfer portal is awesome.
0: So who would you say of all these teams that uh, you mentioned, and you, you talk about how tough it is to go with the top five or whatever, but which of the teams have the most pressure to perform and have a big year? Because I even make the argument, maybe it's your Kentucky Wildcats, but who, who else is maybe in the mix as far as having so much pressure on them to perform?
1: I think, obviously, Kentucky's for sure an answer. I think, you know, I think Duke and Carolina are two popular answers for that because of, you know, Shire was fine, but you know they were kind of, they were kind of just a, a decent team next year. They or last year they really weren't. Duke, Carolina, you know, you make the run to the finals as an eight seed, then you were awful a year ago, and you, you bring back Baycott still. You know, or Hubert Davis needs to have. He just needs to have a good regular season, right? If they're if they're a top three seed and make a Sweet 16 and but okay, we can kind of – we see it a little bit more now. Um, I don't know if there's really pressure. Uh, part of me wants to say like a Florida Atlantic, but can you really have pressure there?
2: <laughs> who's who's um, going to challenge Kentucky in the SEC then? you got number of teams with Arkansas, Tennessee, Texas A&M. How do you see that shaking out?
1: Obviously Arkansas. I mean, at, at this point you just kind of have to blindly say Arkansas, Alabama, are um, our, our two teams that are going to be there. Tennessee is another one of those teams. Um, I, and they're, you know, I think, projected top 10 in most sites. But, again, they bring back a, a bunch of guys. They bring in uh, the kids from Northern Colorado, Dalton uh, Connect, I think is how you pronounce his last name, Neck, how we do it. Um, it. Again, a team that's always good in regular season. I mean, that's Tennessee to, to at So, you know, I think it's the, the normal names. I don't think A&M is another team. A&M kind of. Maybe a little bit slept on. They were they were they were good last year. Obviously, they lost Penn State, but again, I think Wade Taylor is really really good. He's back there, and I, I think they bring back all five starters.
0: Yeah, and it's really fascinating to me that Arkansas, you know, they they're playing Purdue in an exhibition game in Bud Walton, which I know it's probably pretty common, maybe more so for other teams, but to my knowledge, this is the biggest get- exhibition game I think Arkansas's ever had in Bud Walton Arena, which is kind of cool because it seems like you know. It doesn't count towards anything, but maybe gives you a good measuring stick of where your team is actually at.
1: Yeah, I wish I wish college teams were able to do this more. Right, like there's been some examples where, whether it's a, you know, like a charity release game where we, you know, you get like Illinois versus Missouri or something like that. Why? Why not? Why? Why? You know, every other sport has preseason games. Instead of these exhibitions against NAIA or Division Three, Division Two schools, why can't we see a You know, like you said, an Arkansas-Purdue or, you know, get these big matchups that aren't scheduled for the regular season and do it, you know, do it it twice or do it even once. Let one team play another power team and sit there and go, you know, okay, we're going to play this like a real game. Let's see where we're at and go, okay, these are strengths, these are weaknesses going into the season.
0: Well, Bobby, before I you get out of here, I know, again, we talk basketball, but you're a Kentucky guy. What you make of Mark Stoops' comments after uh, the Georgia game saying, hey, they, they bought all their players and we need some help, man. You want to donate, you want to complain, then give us some money and we can make this work.
1: To me, it was he was right. He was right in saying that. Like fans do have the opportunity to help out their program. It was just the wrong time to say it right after the Georgia game where, yeah, yeah, we got a buzz kick, but they didn't look ready, right? Like, really, a so of passes. They weren't – Georgia comes down, scores right away. They weren't really ready for that game. So, it, it is a bad look to say it right after that game. He's right. Like, no one's saying that, that you know, the Kentuckys of the world is, are going to compete with Georgia and Alabama, but Kentucky's football is at an all-time high in, in terms of recruiting and everything like that. And across this is not even Kentucky. Every, every fan base across the nation – as a collective or somewhere that fans can, whether it's a dollar to thousands of dollars, you can donate, and that money helps recruiting. So he is right, <laughs> but it's just it, it was just bad timing.
0: Yeah, I think that's what most people gathered from it. But I'm with you; I agree with him. And it's uh, something I think every school hey, you can always do better in your NIL, uh, and you can never have too much money when it comes to NIL and helping out the cause. No, but... you can't. You I really can yeah so it, it works out for him but hey bobby as always man we appreciate it looking forward to basketball season i know you are as well and we'll definitely be catching up with you as the season goes on all
1: right guys have a good one